sometimes you ate more from the after party than the race as well if, if you've done it properly. Hi and welcome back to the Good Sports Podcast. Disaster in the Good Sports Podcast camp of late because we failed to get a pod up for ages. I've got all these exciting athletes wanting to come on. The queue is getting longer by the minute, wink wink. Um, but I've been slacking and in all honesty it's because I've started a new job uh, in the last uh, few weeks, maybe a couple of months. So I've been settling in and not really had time to kind of crack on. Um, but all is well in the Good Sports podcast world and we will continue to throw out as many of these uh, incredible interviews with these sportsmen and women uh, as the rest of the year goes on. So let's get straight to it. We're back with a bang and probably our biggest name to date, Lucy Charles, professional long-distance triathlete, joins us. She's been making waves in the sport for a while now and we talked to her about her upcoming race at Roth and some unfinished business, tips for triathlete newbies and have a guess at what tv show she's been watching right now here's a clue it's got people acting like real melts on it and they're getting pied off this is the good sports podcast with me luke da costa and pro long distance triathlete lucy charles Lucy, you've been really busy uh, so far this year. Lots of racing, loads of training. Anyone who follows you on your social media channels uh, will be able to see that. <laughs> what have you been up to in the last few days, last couple of weeks then? Uh, yes, it's been a pretty race-intensive period at the moment. So um, over the last couple of weeks, I've had two races. One was a pretty major championship race in Slovakia, which was a half-distance, um, which for... Those who don't know basically consist of a 1.9 kilometre swim, a 90 kilometre bike and then a 21.1 kilometre half marathon run. So um, that was taking place out in Slovakia and I had won that race for the last two years. So I was basically going there hoping to get the triple and, and do the free peat, um, which I managed to do. So I was really, really happy with that. Um, and then basically I had to recover pretty quickly because I was going to then race in the UK in Staffordshire uh, the following weekend. So I was going to do another half distance there. Um, and all I actually really needed to do was finish the race there in order to validate my place for the World Championships on that distance, which will be in September. Um, but I probably got a little bit carried away. I'm, I'm very competitive. So I actually went on to win that race as well. Um, which was really good, actually. I felt quite recovered from the last weekend. And uh, that was the first time I'd actually won a pro race on home soil in the UK as well. So it was pretty special. Um, yeah, and then going on from that, I've got some more races coming up soon as well. Yeah, absolutely. Super busy so far. The Challenge Championship, as you mentioned, Staffordshire as well, not to mention Ironman South Africa earlier uh, in the spring oh, yeah. too. I, I, Lucy, do you ever get tired of winning? I don't think you can ever get tired of winning. <laughs> Definitely not. No, I think, and particularly when you're racing on that distance, you, you kind of know that even if you go in as potentially the race favourite, that nothing's guaranteed and, and so much can go wrong on a race of that distance. So it's always um, super special to win. Um, even if even if you're leading from the start, you still think, you know what, I've got a long way to go and, and I might not be able to win this. So yeah, it, it's always brilliant to win. Next up, uh, Challenge Roth in just a few days' time on Sunday, uh, a race that I've heard so much about, loads of good things over the years. Um, how are you feeling going into the race? How are the legs? 
Yeah, I'm feeling really good, actually. I'm feeling um, a lot better than last year. I raced there last year, and although I actually finished second, um, it was probably one of my worst races. Like, I just did not feel good all day long. So um, this year, I'm feeling so much better. I'm feeling strong on the swim, on the bike, and on the run. Um, So, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm just really looking forward to getting out there. I actually fly out on Wednesday to Germany, so... um, yeah, I just, I can't wait to get going. And yeah, it's, it's such a famous race because the crowds are just like nothing I've ever experienced there. Like they just 100% get behind the race and they always help you even if you're having a bad day. So uh, yeah, it's a really great race. It leads quite nicely onto a question that I had uh, slightly later on my list of questions, Lucy, about having a bad day, having a bad race. <laughs> I mean, you know, sometimes that can happen. Sometimes, you know, athletes get incredible results and then in a few months' time, for some reason, it's just not working for them. I think uh, uh, it was Sarah True at the weekend at Ironman Frankfurt oh, God, was yeah. leading and then overheated and it would have been her first, you know, one of her first big wins. Yeah. S- sometimes things can go a little bit pear-shaped, um, whether that's at the end of the race, in the middle of the race, you just don't feel great, as you mentioned there at Roth last year. After a race like that, are you able to kind of identify some things that you think led up to the race that made you feel uh, a little bit different, whether that was overtraining, maybe not eating the right kind of stuff, not enough sleep? Do you kind of pour into the data to try and figure out what went wrong or do you just crack on? Yeah, I think, I mean, any good athlete will kind of look over what went wrong and and why it went wrong so you can learn from it and kind of progress and and make sure that doesn't happen again. So I think for me, um, the problem I had in Roth last year was I actually um, took on too many electrolytes, which basically made me feel very sick and upset my stomach. So um, I basically, yeah, I learned from that, that actually there's, there's a certain amount you should take within a certain amount of time. And if you have more than that, it's not going to go too well. But equally so, when you're racing in a hot environment, it is so important to get those electrolytes on board. If, if you don't have them at all, then you just won't finish and, and things like overheating and just dehydration will set in. And I mean, I sat and watched um, the whole of Ironman Frankfurt yesterday and just it was heartbreak for Sarah True. Like I just was willing her on to get to that finish line. And I think anyone watching felt the same that you'd seen her do so well in that race and look amazing up until those last couple of kilometers and it was just devastating like I really felt for her so you kind of I think you just everyone wants everyone to do well in this sport because it's so tough so you never ever want to have a bad day but I guess having a bad day means you can learn from it make sure it doesn't happen again and ultimately probably go on to be a better athlete afterwards. Yeah, absolute heartbreak. And a point well made about, you know, kind of learning from those incidents and those types of things and just kind of pressing on. I did my first half Ironman a couple of years ago and I took too many gels on the bike. I had a jam sandwich, Jaffa cakes and jelly babies in my back pocket. I don't know why I didn't eat them. I took the gels instead. Too much caffeine, too much potassium, got a bad stomach, ruined a run for me, but I learned from it and I won't do it again. So... Um, sometimes you've got to learn the hard way, right? So um, that's just the way it is. But Lucy, what's your schedule over the next few days then? You're heading out to Roth pretty soon, presumably, and you do a recce and all that kind of stuff? or? Uh, yeah, so tomorrow I've got my last sort of um, intense run. So I'll go down the track and just do some shorter reps uh, much quicker than I'll do on um, on the race just to make sure the legs are feeling good. And 
kind of, although I'm easing off, I don't want to do just slow, easy stuff because basically I just get lethargic and the body starts to feel sluggish. So although I'm kind of tapering down, as they say, I actually do quite a bit of intensity this week just to make sure the body doesn't go into sleep mode and think we're just having a rest. So, um, yeah, so I've got a track session tomorrow um, and then a small bike session and then um, flying out on Wednesday um, pretty much when I travel on that day when I arrive all I'll do is an easy swim just to get the blood flowing when I get there and then on Thursday I'll go out and probably recce maybe not a whole lap of the bike course we've actually got to do about two 90 kilometer loops so probably won't do as far as 90 kilometers but I'll get out on the course and check that the bike's working after travel check that the legs are working um yeah, and get all of that done. And then there's quite a lot that goes on in Ross, like a lot of traditional stuff. So we'll go and do um, some little parties for all of the fans and all the volunteers before the race and just get everyone in, in the mood for a good race. Um, yes, it's actually pretty busy when we get out there and trying to get as much recovery in as possible as well and, and lots of sleep, of course. Yeah, speaking of sleep and recovery, with all this racing and all this training, how do you stop your body from just, you know, complete collapse and being completely tired um you know are there things that you do particular things um I mean I think like one of my secret weapons is that I just sleep so long so I quite happily sleep for like 12 hours a night if I can so I think that definitely helps because I really do get the recovery I need and then recover ready for the next day and I think like they actually say that it's not until that you're resting and recovering that your body's actually kind of banking all of the hard work that you've done. So I kind of feel like, well, if I go to bed and sleep for 12 hours, then I'm instantly cashing in all of the hard work that I did that day. So, yeah, I think, I mean, I take recovery quite seriously and kind of just try and get as much recovery in as possible and obviously eating well and making sure I'm refueling straight after a session. So, yeah, it's almost like another discipline to the triathlon, I guess, is, is the nutrition and the recovery as well. Now, Lucy, anyone who follows you on social media will see all these amazing training pictures and all that <laughs> type of stuff, but they'll also hear many mentions for your husband, Reese. How much does it help you to have him by your side, helping with training and coaching and just everything else in your life? Oh, yeah, I mean, it makes such a big difference. But I know plenty of pro athletes who train every day solo by themselves and I just honestly don't know how they do it like I think me and Reese bounce off of each other so well and we pretty much do every one of our training sessions together so we we always get that kind of little boost off each other and if, if one of us is feeling tired then the other one will pick us pick you up and and make sure that you're able to do what you need to do so it does help we, we're also quite competitive with each other particularly on the swim as we were both swimmers before we went into triathlon so there is a little bit of competitiveness there but um yeah it's all good it, it always boosts us to um get the best out of every session so uh yeah and, and Reese is actually my coach as well so um he's my training partner my coach husband um and business partner as well so uh yeah it's quite a complex relationship but uh it seems to be working pretty well does he ever get on your back really hard about training and stuff and then you know <laughs> afterwards there's just like you know a bit of coldness like over lunch and you're not even talking or anything <laughs> like that 
Um, I mean, I'd say less of our arguments are about training and more about who's unloaded the dishwasher or put the washing on. So kind of a more normal um, kind of, I guess, domestics that you would have between relationships is uh, absolutely normal with us as well. So, uh, yeah, not often do we argue too much about training. Um, Reese is more actually tells me when I need to rest and probably back off because I'm not so good at that. I'd rather push on and maybe squeeze in another session in a day. And he says, actually, Lucy, you should probably take it a little bit easy and just go and rest. So, uh, yeah, normally I'll go, OK, then. Yeah, you're probably right. So, uh, yeah, it all, it all works very well. Oh, he sounds like a great guy to have uh, by your side in your in your personal and your professional life. It sounds like it works <laughs> really well. Well, um, well, Lucy, your, your social media output is, is always so positive and, and you always seem so happy. I mean, are there any... Are there any other, uh, there must be some of those down moments amidst all the winning and the medals. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, I mean, it is very, very tough what we have to do as professional athletes. I think from the outside, it looks very glamorous. And yeah, I always try and put a positive outlook on everything that I'm doing. But there are definitely days where you wake up and you're so tired, but you know, you've still got to hit these sessions that need to be done. So um, it is it is tough. It's probably a lot tougher than it looks and only really people that are in the know realise how hard we have to work to, to do what we're doing. And even sometimes when we have a great result in a race, you kind of, if there's been a pretty big build up into that race, it's quite common to have like a come down after the race where you feel quite low. And, and if I think if you don't actually have your next goal that you're working towards, it can be quite difficult to get out of that little spiral of negativity. So, um, I actually often find that I bounce back from a race much better maybe if I've had a bad day because I'm like, right, how am I going to fix this and how am I going to resolve um, how that went wrong? So, um, yeah, there's a lot of ups and downs. It can be a bit of an emotional roller coaster as an athlete, but I think on the whole I'm, I'm quite positive, so that definitely helps when things get tough. Yeah, absolutely. And st- staying with the digital age and social media, you've got your own YouTube channel now. It seems like a lot <laughs> of people are kind of doing something similar. And Gwen Jorgensen kind of launched one last year, triathlete turned marathon runner. I mean, how important is all that kind of a stuff, uh, keeping up with, you know, your Instagram, your Twitter and all that kind of stuff? I mean, alongside your training, it seems all quite relentless. Yes, even like, yeah, keeping up on your social media is a bit of a full-time job, to be honest. So I kind of try not to spend too much time on there because you can waste a lot of time just just trolling through and and looking what your fellow athletes are doing and and seeing what everyone's up to. So, um, yeah, I try and kind of minimalise the amount of time that I'm on there in the day. And, yeah, obviously we're we're starting to do a bit of YouTube stuff, which seems to be kind of all all the craze right now. So, yeah. yeah, most of that we're trying to keep pretty low pressure. So we'll just be putting videos up when, when we've actually done something that we feel people might be interested in watching. And, uh, yeah, just trying to show the fun side and a bit more of the behind-the-scenes stuff of, of what it is like to be an athlete. And I'm sure you'll get to see me maybe on a day when I'm actually a bit grumpy on there at some point. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of just showing the real life of an athlete um, as opposed to sort of the sunny pictures out on the bike and stopping for cake and coffee. So, um yeah, it's, it's all good fun, though, at the end of the day. And a fair few dog pictures as well. Of course, of course, yeah, <laughs> of the dogs. <laughs> do, you, do you post yourself on Instagram and Twitter, or, is it, or do you have someone who does it for you, or a bit of both? Um, so up until now, I've been doing it all myself. Um, I am going to have a friend starting to help me a little bit as well when kind of definitely leading into races. I get a lot asked of me, and it can be quite difficult to 
kind of by the feel leading into a race, I definitely have to post saying, okay, this is how you follow the race and it's starting at this time. And I want to make sure that everyone can track me when I'm racing. But actually during those times, it can be really difficult to actually keep on top of everything that needs to be done leading into a race and do that. So, um, yeah, I may get a little bit of help going forward, but up until now, it's all been myself. Yeah, great effort. It sounds like a good idea. I think a lot of people are going the other way. Like you say, it is almost like a full-time job and it probably can be quite a distraction. Um, so well, let's kind of delve into a little bit of kind of, you know, media and broadcast and the sport in general. Lucy, your results really have been, well, nothing short of amazing over the last few years. But, but what do you have to do to be nominated for BBC Sports Personality of the Year? Oh, I don't know. I think it's a very, very tough one. I think, I mean, I'm not the only athlete that's probably in a little bit less of a mainstream sport, I guess you would call it. So I know of plenty more other athletes who um, who I who I follow and who I'm fans of who equally so should be nominated and, and get very little recognition. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a difficult one. I mean, obviously, every athlete works super hard to be at the top of their game. So um, it would always be an honour to be nominated and I'll keep um, striving for that and trying to get these good results. So, um, I mean, obviously, the ultimate aim is I've come second twice now at the World Championships. So I think maybe if I can get that top spot, then I might be a bit more in contention to uh, to get nominated. Yeah, we'll talk about Kona in a minute, actually. Um, I mean, the mainstream media, Lucy, including the BBC, broadcast more sport than ever nowadays. I mean, some is, some can be quite obscure, quite niche and, and even low level. Like they recently had some skateboarding on and even a roller derby not too long ago. But but mainstream sports media uh, doesn't seem to have really delved into long distance triathlon coverage yet, at least. Um, I mean, the BBC does a triathlon podcast now. Uh your your thoughts on mainstream media coverage of of seventy point three and Ironman? Yeah, I, think, I mean definitely for the seventy point three, I think it would be very much possible to have mainstream coverage of that because in the elite race we're racing for about four hours, so it's probably um, just about long enough or not too long to keep people engaged. I think for maybe the Ironman distance, it's a long day. We're racing for up to nine hours. So unless you're an avid fan of Ironman and triathlon, then uh, it might not keep you hooked to the screen um, unless there's some way of keeping it more engaging for, for the people watching. I mean, currently Ironman is, is kind of um, put on Facebook Live and that's how it's watched. So at the moment, the coverage is improving, but it, it could be a lot better. And I think if if it were to be taken up by someone like the BBC and that would probably massively boost our sport and kind of the reputation of, of the athletes in it, which, as I said, work super hard and definitely deserve that recognition. Yeah, absolutely. OK, well, looking ahead to Hawaii and Kona, obviously, um, we mentioned Roth earlier, but further down the line later this year, Kona at the Ironman World Championship last two years. As you mentioned, you've come second behind the formidable Daniela Reith of Switzerland. Uh, you were faster in the water. I was looking at the stats earlier. I don't know this off the top of my head, but you were faster in the water and on the bike uh, and in the run last year opposed uh compared to 2017 but still not quite enough to uh to topple Daniela what have you got to do to beat her Lucy oh it's, it's going to be a tough ask I mean yeah last year was um it was one of the fastest years on record I think actually yeah the fastest year on record so 
Um, Daniela did the fastest ever time in the history of Ironman World Championships. I got the second fastest time in the history of the sport in, in the World Championships. So um, anyone would be over the moon with that. But as I said earlier, I'm super competitive. So I really do want to get that top spot. And year on year, everything is continuing to improve. Um, Daniela's about five years older than I am. So I feel like I've got a fair bit more scope for improvement maybe over the next couple of years. So um yeah every year everything's improving I think this year the biggest improvement we've seen is on my run so um I don't feel like I've laid too many of my cards down to show where my run is at yet on that full marathon distance so I'm hoping that obviously Daniela is a super strong biker so if she does catch me on the bike this year in Kona I'm hoping that we're going to have a bit more of a head-to-head battle on that run and 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 then we're going to make it way more fun for the fans to follow as well having that um competition on the run leg so uh yeah I'm I'm feeling like this year it might be closer than ever and um yeah it's going to be really exciting literally can't wait for the race but speaking of doing a full distance triathlon and uh, uh full distance Ironman distance triathlon and being on the bike it's a heck of a long time uh, are you always thinking about you know what's power outage taking nutrition on every few minutes half an hour or whatever or Sometimes is your mind just wandering? What are you thinking about for such a long time in the saddle? Um, so normally I'm tracking my numbers, so my power data, my heart rate, my speed, making sure I'm taking my nutrition on board every sort of 15 minutes to half an hour. Um, but actually at the World Championships last year, my bike computer just decided to freeze on the zero zero screen. So for the whole bike leg, I had no idea how long I'd been riding, what my power numbers were or anything like that. So um, considering I do all of my training to power to heart rate, um, it was quite strange not having it there. But I actually kind of I took a bit of a positive from that actually because sometimes I race and maybe the power numbers aren't exactly where I want them to be, and I'm kind of saying, oh, well, why is that not where it should be? What's going wrong? And sometimes it can kind of put you into a bit of a negative spiral. So I kind of took a positive from it and said, you know what? Well, I feel good. So it must be good. Let's just go with that. It must be good. So, um, yeah, normally I'm looking at those numbers, but on the whole, I, I can do a lot of training to just feel and how the body feels. When I was a swimmer, we never had any of this data. So we would just train by feel and occasionally the coach would time us. So I think in a way that's been a bit of a blessing because I can do that as well. And ultimately on a race that long, it does come down to, do I feel good? Well, yes. Okay. Keep going. Do I feel not so good? Okay. Maybe ease back a little bit. And and see how we feel in 10, 15 minutes. So um, it's very much a mental game as well in, in a race that long, maybe more so than physical, I think. Right. Great stuff. Lucy, it seems like the sport is growing hugely. Let's try and get some top tips for new triathletes out there. Then, when it comes to st- spending money on all the kit and stuff, it can all you know add up considerably, not to mention having to pay to enter races and that kind of a thing. What do you think is is best to invest the most money in if you're a newbie? Um, so they say going on aerodynamic data for cycling that actually um, your biggest kind of, um, say, well, not saving, I guess, but your kind of, if you're going to put money into anything, then it's actually your race suit. So that is, if you can get an aerodynamic race suit, the amount of speed saving or time saving you will get for your cost of that is um, one of the most effective rather than maybe going out and buying a super expensive bike, um, having a more aerodynamic suit is much more cost-effective. And obviously, you're, you're better off putting more hours into your bike legs than having a crazy expensive bike, I think. 
Okay, really interesting. Uh, what do you think is the most important or one of the most important things to practice before a big race? Um, so I guess it depends what your weakest discipline is. So most people coming into the sport are most anxious about the swim or maybe that's the bit that they've done the least. So I would definitely say whatever your weakest discipline is, that is the one you should spend the most time doing and, and getting yourself comfortable with that. I mean, obviously the bike is the longest discipline, so you should dedicate a lot of time there. But I would probably say that the swim, it's the first part of your triathlon. And if you get that bit done well and you feel happy, then you've started off your race well. So that is probably the most important one to feel confident in and, and feel like, you know what, I can definitely do the distance comfortably. I'm going to have a good day out there and, and I'm going to enjoy myself, which ultimately is the most important thing is to make sure you enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, cycling indoors versus outdoors, it can seem pretty different. But obviously, you know, the weather here in England um, and in obviously, uh, of course, other places around the world can really dictate how often you might be able to get out on the bike. Is indoor cycling just as effective as outdoor cycling? Yeah, I mean, I kind of obviously I live in the UK, I live just outside of London. So as you said, it's super busy and it can be quite dangerous on the road. So I do nearly all of my riding indoors um, and I found it even more effective than riding outdoors. You kind of, you don't waste any time having to get all your gear ready or, oh, it's just started raining. You know what? Well, let's wait half an hour. It's kind of, okay, we're going to get straight on the bike. We're going to get to work and we're going to do the session that we need to do. And it's way more specific as well. You haven't, you're not wasting any time just freewheeling or stopping at traffic lights. So, I think as well with those of the new advancements in technology with the indoor trainers and the virtual cycling worlds that we have now, it just makes such a difference that it's not too boring anymore indoors. And yeah, it's way more effective. So I think it's a winner, really. All right, cool. All right, Lucy, just a few more questions and we'll let you get out of here. I mean, what gets you in the zone before a race? Um, I think, I mean, I've always been someone that's quite good at kind of getting in my own mental space. But I think having a good playlist that you can really get your head in the game. Maybe it's something that you listen to when you're doing a really hard workout and you can kind of take yourself there, get yourself ready to race. So music plays quite a big part, I think. And I also quite like to just put my earphones on and, and kind of get left alone before the race and just get into my own little headspace and focus on what I need to do. And how do you celebrate a win? <laughs> um. I mean, um, I don't really know, to be honest. Like, uh, obviously, triathlon is quite renowned for having quite good after parties where all the athletes celebrate. Whether they had a good race or not, everyone seems to celebrate together because, one, they love the sport and some people have done really well. So everyone's kind of proud of the people that have done well. So, yeah, there's some pretty good after parties that we uh, that we go to. Normally, the legs are quite tired, though. We've all done an Ironman, so uh, they don't tend to go on too late unless it's the one after the World Championships, when you all know, you know what, I haven't got any more racing coming up after this. So, uh, so yeah, but then aside from that, I just like to come home and be with the family, maybe take the dogs out for a walk and, and just kind of have a couple of days where I haven't got to train too hard and just enjoy a bit of normal life for once. Post-race parties, I can't imagine as much dancing during those. Like you say, your legs must be knackered. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I wouldn't believe some people have still got some very good moves. It's unbelievable. Maybe because it's sort of the day after the race, the um, the doms and the muscle aches haven't quite kicked in yet. And then sometimes you ache more from the after party than the race as well, if, if you've done it properly. <laughs> 
Brilliant stuff. Can't believe that. Fantastic. Right, Lucy, okay, main interview done. Let's do a fun a fun quiz now. Um, it's a quick-fire quiz. Don't think too much about the answers. And, okay. um, and we'll see how we go. Are you ready for fun quiz? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, what was the last thing you watched? TV, film, cinema, anything? Um, TV, and it was Love Island, I hate to say. <laughs> Unbelievable. Everybody's watching it. You can't go away from it. Casa Amor at the moment, isn't it, I think? I know. Guilty, very guilty. Do you watch it every night? Um, yeah, normally. Or, is... or I'll save it for the next day if I need to get up early. That's uh, normally, yeah. Favourite couple at the moment? <laughs> oh, um... Probably Molly May and Tommy, I think, yeah. I think Tommy... I actually, yeah, believe it or not, I did a relay uh, once and Molly May's sister was my runner in the relay, so... Uh, no way. Yeah, not, not biased to Molly, but uh, yeah, they're definitely one of my favourite couples in there. Fantastic, so you'll be voting for them. Fantastic, <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> um, Lucy, what was the last thing you ate? Um, it was a yogurt, actually, not that long ago. <laughs> Is this a flavoured yogurt? I love a banana yogurt. Uh, oh, it was it was a mango yogurt, and it had like all the little. Oh no, passion fruit. Sorry, passion fruit yogurt. Yeah. Great stuff. <laughs> okay, Lucy, big race ahead. Then you're getting hyped. The speaker is pumping out the tunes, and you can choose the next song. What is the tune? Oh, um, I love anything by Imagine Dragons, but there's a song called Legend, but I don't know the artist. Um, but basically, the main lyric is, um, we're going to be legends. And uh, that song always gets me going. So, yeah, if anyone knows what that one is, then, uh, yeah, let me know. Yeah, absolutely. Going to check that one out, actually. OK, what's the weirdest thing that's ever happened to you on race day? Oh, I mean, I've been fairly lucky, but Reese has had it all. So this is kind of a bit cheating, but um, Reese basically got into transition too and someone had accidentally put Reese's running trainers on. So our friend had to lend him a pair of trainers that were two sizes too small and he had to run five kilometres in those. So, um, yeah. That sounds <laughs> that horrific. Oh, yeah. Lose all your toenails in the smaller trainers. <laughs> okay, three things you take with you on a desert island. Oh, um, definitely my phone. Um, obviously, sun cream. And um, probably an unlimited uh, supply of sparkling water. That would be, uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> got any, have you got any jokes, Lucy? Oh, oh <laughs> probably some dad jokes. Um Oh, God, yeah. Not that I can think of. Normally, um, yeah, they're really bad, my jokes. So not off the top of your head. That's <laughs> fine. I don't. To be fair, that's a bit of a tricky one, actually. I don't even know how I'd answer the question. Um, Lucy, what would you be doing if you weren't doing triathlon then? Oh, I'd probably either be trying um, surfing or I love cross-country running. So um, it would definitely be something sporty, but uh, yeah, either one of those two. If you could have an endless supply of food, what would it be? Probably pizza. I don't think I could get bored of pizza. I can eat that pre-race, post-race, during the race. So, uh, yeah, definitely pizza. What was your favourite class at school? Oh, it would definitely have to be uh, PE. Yeah, as soon as I asked that, I thought, well, it's got to be, isn't it? It's got to be. Lucy, who inspires you? Oh, well, one of my biggest uh, inspirations was Kelly Holmes. When I was uh, a young athlete, I kind of followed her quite a lot and... I remember when we was trying to get the London Olympic Games, um, Kelly had quite a lot to do with that. So, yeah, she was one of my biggest inspirations. And then, of course, being a swimmer, Michael Phelps was a big inspiration of mine as well. 
Oh, I love uh, Michael Phelps. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what's a top race day tip for the weekend warrior? Pack all of your gear the night before because there's quite a lot of gear involved in triathlon. So you want to make sure that's all prepped and you haven't forgot any drinks or any essential food that you're going to need. So, uh, yeah, organised, prepared, night before, early night, probably. They're my top tips. Okay, great stuff. And what was the best advice you were ever given? I think um, the best advice, probably from my dad actually, was um, don't take a job for the money, take a job that you're going to enjoy. So do what you enjoy, don't worry about anything else. And I feel like I've definitely done that. Great stuff. Lucy, thank you so much for your time. I super appreciate it. Thanks for being a good sport and being on the podcast. And good luck at Roth this weekend. Uh, certainly be following uh, the action and, and and hoping you do incredibly well. Best of luck. Oh, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure talking to you. So good. Kind of bucket list interview that was. The name of the song I think Lucy was chatting about earlier as well. I did a quick Google. I think it's called Legendary by Welshie Arms. Here's a quick blast. Cause we're gonna be Only a quick blast. Copyright issues. Can't play the whole song, but check it out. It is an absolute banger. And Lucy, don't feel bad about watching Love Island. The whole of the nation is watching it pretty much. And I think it was India Lee, fellow triathlete, who we interviewed last year on the Good Sports podcast, who said she was watching the same thing. Um, Shout out to India Lee, actually, as well. She won uh, her second 70.3 event uh, at the weekend. Incredible. She's doing incredibly well, making that transition from shorter triathlons to long triathlons. As I say... Always have success. Our guests who appear on the podcast, they go on to great things. we got to thank Lucy Charles for coming on the podcast. She's so busy and getting ready for Roth right now. Best of luck to her out there this weekend. Now, if you like what you hear, or maybe if you don't like what you hear, do let us know. Give us a bit of feedback. You can comment on iTunes and give us a rating, please. Five stars. Good comments. Um, No, seriously, we do always like to hear uh, how you're feeling about a podcast, what you like, and uh, do give us a bit of a a steer on any athletes you think are out there and killing it and deserve uh, an interview on the pod as well. So subscribe download the episodes, tell your friends, share us on social media, whatever you like. We look forward to chatting to you again. Cheers. 